in our series, It's Complicated. If you're new to Pathway, that's the series we're in right now. We've talked about several things, marriage and parenting and work and money and dating today. And I know many of you who know me are looking at me like, I can't believe Fry's up there to handle this, right? Like, how old is he? I mean, look, look at that shirt. I know he's trying really hard, but he's old. So I'm feeling that, and some of you know JoLynn, my wife, and you're like, I, I don't know why she dated you, so you lucked out. I'm not taking any advice from you. Um, and so yeah, so I'm feeling that pretty strongly today, all right, already, and uh, uh, that just adds to the complication of talking about dating for me. Um, it, it is a complicated thing. Uh, when I started thinking about this, I found out the word dating is not in the Bible, so I couldn't start there. It gets worse. Um, the, the person we follow, Jesus, never went on a date. Uh, in fact, Sam Alberry writes this, the most fully human and complete person who ever lived was Jesus Christ. He never married. He was never in a romantic relationship and never had sex. If we say these things are intrinsic to human fulfillment, we are calling our Savior subhuman. That complicates dating. Um, maybe you're here and you say, what do I care about dating? Uh, some of you are like, let me tell you what it was like to date in the 1940s, right? So that ship has sailed. Um, so maybe you're here and you think, man, uh, dating, what, what do you have to say what, that's going to help me? I'm not really thinking about dating. Um, so it's complicated Nancy Guthrie says this, one of the beautiful things about the Bible is that it actually answers questions we don't know enough to ask. One of the beautiful things about the Bible, Nancy Guthrie writes, is it, it actually answers questions we don't know enough to ask. So I want to submit this to those of you who are maybe here and saying, seriously, dating? I'm going to play on my phone. Um, what the Bible has to say about dating is much bigger than dating. What the Bible has to say about dating is much bigger than dating. So, so if you're here, maybe you're a divorced person, maybe you're an adolescent, maybe you're a college student, young adult, and dating is, dating is in play for you, as we would say. Great, I hope there's some things that are helpful for you today. But maybe you're here and you're beyond that. You're, you're like me. You're an old guy and dating is in the distant past. Listen, what the Bible says about dating... What the Bible says about anything is usually much bigger than just that thing. The Bible has a way of actually answering questions we don't e even know enough to ask. So with that in mind, turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, okay? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, turn there and there's a Bible provided for you and you're going to need your Bible. Don't check out on me with your Bibles. You're going to need them because we're going to dig into this passage. 1 Thessalonians 4 um, there's a Bible provided for you, and let me welcome in those on Moon Campus, those in the response venue, and Brian over there leading the way today. And uh, so there's a Bible provided for you on the Version app. We set up an event tab. In the event tab, um, there, there's uh, some notes there, some notes in that worship program, so you can listen along, follow along, ho however you want, but you're going to need that Bible. First um, Thessalonians 4, this is actually a book we went through in a series sometime back that you could find online on the media tab on our website so you could check that out but I just want to I want to dig into eight verses from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 okay 1 Thessalonians 4 1 through 8 follow along as I read as for other matters 
This is the NIV. As for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more, for you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God, and and that in this matter no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins, as we told you and warned you before. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being, but God, the very God, who gives you His Holy Spirit. The Word of the Lord. The Word of the Lord that has some things to say about dating, but also has things to say about much bigger things than dating. Several things I want to lift from the text. The first thing is this. There's always more. Staying with that idea that this is bigger than dating. Um, Life is like if you give a mouse a cookie, isn't it? Remember that book as a kid? What happens if you give a mouse a cookie? Well, the entire book as it unfolds says if you start there, it gets more complicated. It doesn't just stop with giving the mouse the cookie. A lot of things are going to happen. Listen, life is a lot bigger than dating. It's a lot bigger than the other things that are complicated that we've looked at in this series, marriage and parenting and money. If you start there, there's always more. If you're here and you are dating or you want to date, it's going to get bigger than that. It's going to lead to more things. There is more. That's the first thing I want to say to you from this text. And it's right in the text. Um, I read from the NIV. Look what it says, the first four words in the NIV in verse 1. What are they? As for what? Other matters. Uh, One translation says, um, um, finally. And really what that means is there's still more to come. What are those other matters that the Apostle Paul, the writer of this book, was saying? We're not sure what all they were, but there was still a lot more to come. Because life is like that. Life always brings us more. And if you're here and you want to date, great. If you get into a dating relationship, awesome. But there's going, to, there's going to come a time in your life where it's going to be bigger than just, I want to date, or I am dating. And sometimes I know we know that, but it's hard to live beyond right now. But man, we have to be prepared for other matters. There's always more. There's always more. So with that in mind, what are, what are a couple big categories we can put dating in that aren't just for dating, but for all of life? Because... Once you get through this dating stage, what if she wants to get engaged, man? There's more. Well, what if if they want to have kids down the road? There's more. There's always more. So when it comes to dating or anything else in life, what are some big categories we can have? Fortunately, the Bible gives us that. And it, it gives us... It gives that with pretty good clarity. Let me say it this way. In the complicated things of life, there are some pretty uncomplicated things, okay? I don't want this this part to get too, too complicated. It's not. Let me give you some big categories for dating and for anything else that comes along in the more of life. Number one is this. Please God. I know. Earth shattering. But it's important. It's a big category for all of life. Listen, you want to date or you are dating, please God. How about that? How about starting there? Um, Notice Paul starts there. Go back with me to the text. Uh, Verse 1, As for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to what? 
Please God. So Paul said, I'm going to get to some other things, but just like the things I already got to, here's a bottom line for you. Please God. So you want to date? Are you dating? Are you pleasing God? Pretty simple question. That's a big category for you to ask yourself. And if you don't know what that looks like, spend some more time in church. Spend some time around people who will take you into God's word, some mentors, some friends who will give you direction toward what it means to please God in a dating relationship. 2 Corinthians 5, 9 says this, we make it our aim to please him. What a great simple statement that is. For dating, for all of life, please God. Last week in his sermon, Pastor Jason made this statement considering the book of Colossians. He said, we should turn our whatevers in life into whatever I do for the glory of God. Isn't that good? Whatever's in life. Dating is a whatever. It's a what if. What if I date? What if I am dating? Well, Jason said last week as he was talking about the complications of work, it applies today. Turn your whatever of dating into whatever I do, like dating someone, into whatever I do is for the glory of God. Please God. That's a big category. Um, Here's the second thing. Keep eternal perspective. That's the second thing I would say to you. Keep eternal perspective. Eternal perspective. Prepare for eternity. Prepare for eternity. Um, Here's the problem with dating. Some of us here who want to date are obsessed with wanting to date. There, There are people who will hear this message today and say, if only I could get in a relationship. And man... You will sell yourself to get into a relationship. Because for you right now, that is identity. And so you are saying, the most important thing to me in life is is a relationship. If only I could date. If only they would go. If only he would ask. If only she would. So for some of us here, dating is the most important thing we could want. The other side of that is this. Some of us are dating, and the last thing we want is God meddling in our dating relationship. Some of us are already dating, and it's like, I'm fine with God, but God, leave this alone, because this this relationship matters to me, and I really don't want you messing with it. I don't want to know. The problem with dating is this, like many things in life, we make too much of it or too little of it, and the gospel comes right into the middle and says, listen, listen, in a relationship with Jesus Christ, you better keep it in eternal perspective, because whether it's a dating relationship or a marriage or parenting or work or money or any other matters, you better keep them, I better keep them in eternal perspective. So dating is a what if. And in the what ifs of life, we need some big categories because there are always other matters. And in all those matters, here are two big categories for us, friends. Please God. And keep eternal perspective. Prepare for eternity. Some pretty uncomplicated things. So, so let's talk about dating from 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 to 8. There's instruction. That's the second thing I want to say to you. There is instruction. You're like, you're like, man, I saw this in the series and I'm coming and I want to know. All right, here's some instruction that the Apostle Paul gives us for dating. And again, it's bigger than dating. These are for all of life. I want to, I want to share with you three, three virtues and three directions that we should think about when it comes to considering getting into a dating relationship. And again, take it up a notch. In any relationship in life, 
However we interact, we should think about these things. It's bigger than dating. But let's think about Paul's instruction here as he writes to us. He's going to give us instruction. Two or three times, he's going to say, here are the instructions I have for you. I left you instructions. Um, The first thing is this, holiness upward to God. That's the first thing, holiness upward to God. Um, Go to the text with me. Look at verse 3. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. Word is holy there. Word to be translated holy in some translations it is. Um, Jump down with me to verse 4. That each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. There's our word again. Um, Jump down to verse 7. For God did not call us to be impure but to live a holy life. Here's, Here's an instruction for you when it comes to seeking a dating relationship, being in a dating relationship, holiness. And maybe you're here and you're like, well, I don't know, I don't know much about church and, and uh, I haven't been here very often, but holiness sounds like a word you would use in church, and you're right. It is. It's a very important word. That word sanctified, translated holiness, really is an important Old Testament concept that conveys the notion of separation. The need for God's covenant people to come out to be distinct. Holiness is the boundary marker that separates God's people. Dating couples, those desiring to date, is your relationship, is the relationship you seek one that makes you distinctive? When people look at your relationship, do they say there's something there that's pleasing to someone else? Holiness. Three times Paul says, seek holiness. Man, it's a big deal to God. That in this world, Christian friend, if we are followers of Jesus, there is something distinctive about us. And that means there's something distinctive about our dating relationships, along with any other relationship. How are you doing with holiness? The boundary marker that separates God's people. Second word, holiness upward. Second word is control, and that's inward. Purity. So, holiness upward Control, purity, inward. Um, Look at verse 3 with me. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality. Verse 4. That each of you should learn to control your own body. Purity inward. Um, Jump down to 5. Verse 5. not passionate in lust like the pagans. So holiness upward to God, purity inward. Three times, Paul presses us with the message of purity, of control inward. And by the way, as I share these, they're interdependent, right? So holiness is going to be demonstrated in purity, and purity is going to demonstrate my holiness, right? So they're interdependent. They're not separate things. Well, I'm holy, but I'm not pure. Mm. They're interdependent. So Paul says, here's some instruction for you in these other matters. And I'm taking that and saying, if you're dating or you want to date, holiness to God matters upward. Purity matters inward. Control. Dating couples, those who desire to date, what you would be willing to give yourself to physically in a dating relationship. How are you doing with purity? It's a very important question. Tim Keller writes this, sex should be a way to both display and deepen full trust. It is a radical, unconditional, 
deeply personal matter of self-donation. It is God's created way to say to someone else, I belong wholly and exclusively to you. If you use it to say that and mean that, as time goes on, it will enable spouses to indeed become more indissolubly one and each other's. If you don't use it like that, you've turned it into groceries. It will be routine, then boring. There will be no wonder left. Holiness upward assumes purity inward. Control. Two words of instruction from Paul. 1 Corinthians 6.18 says this, flee from sexual immorality. Notice this, all other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Think about the weight of that verse. One commentary notes, the lure of sexual sin was and is strong. Paul forbids any sexual activity outside the bounds of heterosexual marriage. Important word. Purity, control, inward. Last thing, honor. Outward. Uh, Back to the text. Four. That each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. Six. And that in this matter, no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. We treat each other with honor. Outward. Treat each other with honor. It's interesting, that word is used again throughout the New Testament. It's used in 1 Peter 3.7 to talk of, about all things, about the way husbands treat wives, about the way men treat women. And uh, friends, culturally right now, is that a big deal or what? It's a big deal. And it's an important big deal. That men, we should treat women with honor. It's been here. It's been here if we would pay attention to instruction. 1 Peter 3, 7, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Honor. As the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Women among us, what are you willing to give yourself up to in dishonor? Men, how are you doing with honoring the woman you date? Holiness upward, purity, control inward, honor outward, instruction. Paul says, I I have some instruction. I left you instruction. Some of you are cooks here, I'm sure. I'm not. I'm an eater. Um, But when I, do do you ever meet that person who's a cook, but they don't use recipes? And like you asked them, like, how did you make that? And they're like, I don't know. I just like throw stuff in and it tastes good. And you're like, I really liked it and I'm not a, I, don't, I don't know how to do that. Do you have any? I don't have any instructions. A little bit of how much salt? I don't know. And you're like, that's why I just eat. I don't even try. Right? Um, it's, one thing, it's one thing to not have a recipe for cooking. It's, it's altogether different to not have a recipe for, say, diffusing a bomb. Not that I've ever done that. But I'm just assuming here, like if you called the guy up who's kind of the go-to guy for detonating bombs or, you know, diffusing a bomb, and you say, how do I do this? And he says, I don't know. I just kind of wing it. 
That is not the answer you want. You know, like pumpkin bread, okay. A bomb, not okay. Start snipping wires, I don't know. Do you ever, do you ever approach the Bible like, man, I wish it would just say it. Like, I, I wish, sometimes I wish the Bible would just have a verse that just said this. I feel that way all the time. Like, man, I wish I could just, I wish I could, like when I, when I was, you know, when my kids were in the house and I was raising them, so many times I'd be like, man, I wish I had a verse to just put that kid in his place. Right? But those verses aren't there very often. Guess what, though? Pretty easy right here, right? You want instruction on dating? You want instruction on life and relationships? Here, here's some pretty clear instruction for us, friends, in the complication of dating. Holiness upward to God, purity and control inward, and honor outward. Those are, those are easy things. They're hard to live. But Paul's, Paul's not messing around. The instruction is pretty clear. I left you instructions. Indeed, God has done so in his word. And here are some that apply to dating. Pursue holiness before God upward. Control yourself in purity inward. And act honorably toward the person you date outward. Based on authority. That's the third thing. There's authority. And maybe you're here and you say, well, the Bible's not my authority. And that's okay. If you come here, that'll be challenged. I can tell you that if you come here very long because we believe the Bible is authority. Not Matt Fry, not Jeff McNichol, the Bible. And so what I would say to you is how's that authority working for you? How's the authority you appeal to to say, well, here's what governs my dating relationship. We've seen instruction. This instruction, this instruction comes with authority. Three things Paul says here. I want to I share them quickly. You can find them in the text. I don't want to go through and find them, but he talks about this being the will of God, what he's writing. He also talks about it being the word of God. You notice in the text he said, listen, if you disregard what I'm saying, you're not disregarding a human being, you're disregarding God. That is serious. He doesn't always say that when he writes. But when he writes this instruction toward the end of the text we read today, you can see it there, underline it. He says, if you disregard this, you're not disregarding a human being, you're disregarding God. God said, that's the authority. It is the will of God. It is the will of God. And at the end, he talks about the fact that it is the Spirit of God. That's our authority. Pastor H.B. Charles says, listen to this. It is the will of God to have the Spirit of God use the Word of God to make the children of God look like the Son of God. <laughs> Be a great tattoo. Really long, though. Um, it is the will of God to have the Spirit of God use the Word of God to make the children of God look like the Son of God. You could do it in Hebrew. It would look really cool. Instruction comes with authority. How's your authority working for you? This is, listen, it's not the instruction of holiness and purity and control and honor. It's not easy instruction. But there's a lot at stake in that instruction. Because Paul says, this is not me just playing around with words. This is the will of God. Through the word of God, that if you disregard it, you're not disregarding a human being, you're disregarding God by the power of the Spirit of God. Authority. What's your authority? 
well, this is what I tell myself. This relationship will work out. I've been telling myself. He'll change. I don't know. I don't know how many of you walk around your house when it's dark and like you know where the furniture is, but you still bump into it. My, uh, my wife travels a lot for work and she was out of town the other week and so it was late in the evening and I was going into bed and around the one side of the bed there's a chair sitting. It was dark in that room and I walked into that room and told myself, you can do this in the dark, Matt, without running into that chair. The chair's been there 10 years. You can do this. My brain told my shins, it's not a problem. I've got you. You won't hit the chair. (laughs) Praise the Lord, or something like that. How's your authority working for you? That's what I tell myself. This will work. This is my paradigm. When it comes to dating relationships, God has some pretty clear instruction here. In fact, clear instruction for a lot more than dating relationships. Holiness and purity and honor. The will of God. In the word of God. Through the spirit of God. Authority. There are consequences next there are consequences verse 6 these aren't fun words and verse 6 and that in this matter no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister the Lord will punish I think that means punish the Lord will punish all those who commit such sins as we have told you and warned you before consequences Paul said you disregard this word you're not disregarding a human being you're disregarding God that's the authority Paul says stakes are high one translation translate that translates that this way the Lord is an avenger it's not Marvel comics the Lord is an avenger there are consequences to disregarding the instruction of the authority of God in things like dating relationships and in a lot of other things. Consequences. You fear God. Um, how many parking lots have you been in this week? I've been in probably 20. Like Walmart was like 18 of those, right? How many, in those parking lots, how many car alarms did you hear go off? And you were like, oh my gosh, call the cops. A car alarm's going off. Someone's robbing that car. Not if you're like me, you were like, I wish that moron would shut that car alarm off. So annoying. Why do people even have those? I mean, there could be a guy like breaking the window and you'd be like, shut that thing off. Why? Because every time I'm in a parking lot, I hear one. It's meaningless. 
Sometimes the fear of God is like that, isn't it? It's like, and we're just like, I don't want to pay attention to that. And then we come to a text like this that says, the Lord will punish you. That doesn't make a good plaque. I warned you. So that's, that's the dangerous side of it, friends, for all of us. Dating couples. You want to date? Pay attention to the, the instruction of the authority of God. But I don't want to stop there. Because I, I, as, a, as a father, I never just nurtured my children with punishment, right? I never said to them, you should read 1 Thessalonians 4. God will, he's an avenger. That's not how you parent. One writer says this about the fear of God. The fear of God means for his power and holiness not to drive us, not to drive us from him, but to drive us to him. Fearing God means first fearing to abandon him as our greatest security and satisfaction. Man, the consequences are, yes, God will punish and God warns. And if you, if you disregard this, you're disregarding God. But the other side of that is, I want to run to God because a big part of fear, I think even a bigger part than the punishment is, that's where my satisfaction is. And the thing I fear is running away from Him. So, so think, about the, think about the beauty of those consequences, not just not just the warning of them. Because the fear of God is not there just to warn us. It's, it's a place where we flourish. Think about that statement. We should flourish in the fear of God. For some of you here, it is God's will for you this week to... Dudes, it is God's will for you this week to finally get up enough er nerve to ask that girl out on a date. That is God's will for you. He's telling you to come forward after the service and make the plan, yo. consequences are not just warnings to us i love how the writer of ecclesiastes says this look at the balance in this verse rejoice O young man in your youth ask a girl out i added that and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth you're young go on a date walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes i can do that okay he says, flourish. Stay up late. Eat ice cream together. Flourish. Notice the last part of the verse. But, but know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. You see that? You see the fear of the Lord, the power of it? Paul says to us, it's a, it's a warning. And the punishment of God, the Lord, the avenger the real thing but the real consequence of not fearing God and running from him is you abandon your greatest security and your greatest satisfaction so go on a date for Pete's sake but remember that for all these things God will bring you into judgment for dating for a lot more than dating there are consequences so, here's a way forward for dating and for a lot more. 
whether it's marriage or parenting or money or work life or dating, here's the problem. We all fail, right? For some of us, the challenge of this message was we look back on a dating life and think, I did none of that. And I, I can't undo that, right? For some of you here, the Spirit of God's convicting you because there's no holiness or purity or honor in your dating relationship. And man, you're glad nobody knows your thoughts right now because God's dealing with your heart. You failed. I've failed. There's a last thing I want to say to you, and this is the thing we all need the most. There's a Savior. His name is Jesus. That's what you really need. You need a date, maybe? You need Jesus. He's a Savior. If you're here today and you say, my dating relationship failed. I've blown it. No holiness. No purity. No honor. I failed. There's a Savior, friend. There's a Savior and and in the power of Christ, you can find forgiveness and the power to please God. You can find that through Christ. Not on your own, not to walk out of here and say, okay, i got to try harder. No, to run to Savior, the Savior Jesus. He saves you from that. He saves you from yourself. He gives you the power to holiness, to purity, to honor. Only Jesus. Maybe you're here. And he needs to deliver you out of dating being an idol in your life. And you're that person who, man, I feel like I will never have someone. It's hard, I know. It's tender, tender. Listen, the power of Christ can help you understand how that doesn't have to be an idol in your life. How it can have its proper place. But you can't do that walking out of here and saying, I'll just bite my lip and try harder. You can only walk out of here and say, Jesus, deliver me from that. I don't want anything more important than you. Be my satisfaction. Be my completion. We all need a Savior. Whether it's dating or some other matter, we need a Savior to give us the power to live the instructions under the authority of God. We need a Savior. One writer says this, what you need most is Jesus. You might need sleep. You might need a job. You might need a friend. You might need a prescription. You might need a date. I added that one. But what you need most is Jesus. Let's pray. God, you have, you have made us complex in the relationships we share. And this thing called dating is part of that complexity. I pray, God, that we would be, we would be people who do not ignore the instruction of your authority. Lord, I pray for any here who are in a relationship where you've blown it and there's tension or there's impurity or there's dishonor, that, God, you would work in the hearts of those couples. I pray if there's a man or a woman here, been through a divorce, a death, 
a bad relationship and all they want, all they want is a relationship. That God, you would take that thing from an idol to something that can make them better by the work of your son, Jesus. That they would run to you through Christ. That they would see the Savior who gives them the power. So Lord, those are the specific prayers we pray in light of the way we've applied this text today. For all of us, Lord, in much bigger ways, we want to please you. We want to keep our eternal perspective on the things that matter. So help us to do that in your strength, through your Son, who we need, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.